Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome back to Devotions in the Deep End. We have a rather well-known passage to explore, and we're going to do this across three shorter episodes due to its richness. Let's start by reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 16. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now this parable begins in a relatively simple manner. A story of a father and two sons. An older, dutiful son, it seems, and a younger, crazier one. The latter decides that he's had enough of being one of the family and one of the boys and has decided that the time is now to make a life for himself. The protection and the provision of his father's home is nice, but there's a huge big world out there that he wants to go and see and experience. His resume really only has one job on it, working with his dad. It didn't come with a salary per se because the whole family simply chipped in to build a rather corporate income for themselves, fully administered by the patriarch of the family. He'd been working hard, but didn't have a bank account of his own just yet. His family wealth was clearly there, but none of that sat in his pocket. There would be a time when such an inheritance would occur, but there was also an appropriate time for that to happen. That time is not now. The father in this passage has not passed away. He's not even frail by the look of things. But despite this reality, the son has the audacity to ask what would eventually be his. The rewards for his labor that would come in a good way at the right time was simply not good enough for him. It has been said that Jewish advisors always taught against dividing up an estate before it was required, because everybody knew kids with cash burning a hole in their pocket was never a healthy thing. So the question from the son to the father would no doubt have angered some in Jesus' audience, certainly the more conservative and religious, and to some degree, rightly so, because it was a frivolous request. However, this question may have seemed a little closer to home for others, given we have a bunch of sinful folk gathered as well, including some with questionable financial ethics. Jesus then shocks everybody when he states that this father does the unthinkable. He relents at the request of his younger son, handing over a significant portion of his own estate. And the conservative advice proves to be true. The young man with all this sudden wealth decides he not only wants to leave home, but he also leaves the boundaries of his own land. The very Jewish audience would be seeing a dark story emerge here. To leave the safety of Israel was akin to taking your life and even your faith into your own hands. It was increasing your risks of becoming damaged by the pagan world around them, and every parent who heard Jesus speak would be fearful of this man's immediate future. A side note, I've seen this concern in some Christian parents today. 
Their children have grown up, finished school and are moving out of home and into the big wide world. They're getting married or moving to a new city for work or study and parents wonder aloud, did I put enough into them for their convictions to remain? Were they truly converted to Christ or were they riding their parents' Christian coattails? While I usually see things play out positively, this parable goes the opposite way. The young man has a lot of zeal for his own agenda and doesn't have all that much moral conviction about him. He's gone out of the land of his faith. He's befriended the world. He's bankrolling his friend's lifestyle in order to keep them. He's living the undisciplined and immoral life, which was the opposite of what he lived back home. And for a season, Jesus explains that the plan is going awesome. But the parable quickly descends into a rapid downward spiral. The man's cash has run out. And this happens at precisely the same time the economy fails. The foreign city he lives in suddenly becomes an unemployed ghost town. None of the friends he's bankrolled were on hand to help him, and the life he was living has gone to the dogs. Or pigs, it seems. He's ended up becoming a servant of a pig herder. Not being paid a wage per se, but given permission to eat what the pigs ate. Pods. These were the seeds of the local Mediterranean carob trees. He is living in what a Jew would call the most unclean place in life. Outside their own land, living among the unclean, left to partake in what they do. It is all just a bitter mess. A parabolic diet of carob pods in a pigsty is where he ends up, when his origin story offered so much more for him. So let's come out of the parable now, and let's get back to Jesus' audience. We were reminded in the last episode of the setting. It is at a table. Jesus is enjoying a meal with his disciples and a bunch of clearly unreligious people. Tax collectors and sinners is a catch-all statement to describe the unclean riffraff of the neighborhood. Some of these at the table would relate in a big way to the young man in the parable. Some were likely once devout people, part of the religious in-crowd at one time in their lives, only to slip into more unclean work when the opportunity arose. Tax collectors were a prime example of this, often Jewish sellouts when the Romans offered them a lifestyle that looked better at the outset. Many at the table had made choices that seemed good at the time, but they lost sight of what it would really cost them. They had a holy inheritance waiting for them if they waited, and a safe community to be part of in the meantime. But like the young son, they simply didn't want to. The desire for more now was too strong to contain. There was the attraction of temporal income and power from the world around them, and they severed community in order to pursue it. And only in that place did they realize it wasn't the same as the picture on the brochure. The alternative community was shown to be conditional. The alternative wealth was proven to be fleeting. The end game of it all was a seat in perpetual uncleanness. The hunger and homelessness of the man in the parable, a picture of the spiritual state the sinners sharing a table with Jesus were in. Friend, does this describe you at all? Are you sitting in what feels like a bitter pool of muck right now? Have you made choices that have left you in a state of life that is far less than you thought it would be? Have you fallen for the false attraction of various sinful things, only to realize that they are not what they promised to be? Have you gotten to a place where you think you may have even gone beyond the reach of God? I want you to know that there is hope. The parable goes on to tell an amazing story, and the next episode will pick that part of the story up. For now, let me point this little bit out to you. Jesus is sitting at the table where these people are sitting. 
We are told in the Bible passage that some religious folk are a little put out by that, but the point of the parable is to defend those at the table. If you are sitting in that figurative pig pen right now, take heart. Jesus is right there with you. He's closer than you think right now. And he's about to show you the path out of that predicament. Catch me in the next episode to see where the story goes. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I look forward to catching up next time.